It is Thursday, December the 21st. I'm Mark Stedman, and I'm finding the button because this is Morning Creative. Oh, I've been getting all up in my head. Oh, I've been all the way up in my head. This is like the fourth or fifth time I've um, started. And it's just not been going right. And that's because I've been to... I've got the yips. I think I've got the yips, dear listener. I'm just a little bit obsessed with too much with the form um, and, and second-guessing myself. And I just want to sit and, and have a lovely chat with you. That's what I want to do. And that's what we're going to do now. Oh, I'm very happy to be with you on this Thursday morning. And I hope you're doing well. Um, today, we are talking about gatekeeping and specifically the use of language, the use of specific words to denote whether you are part of a club or not. Give you an example. Um, I, I think every industry must have this, but there's a couple, there's like three that can immediately come to mind. Um, the one that is becoming more prevalent, I'm noticing, um, as the way we, as an international community, share language, I think it's it's, causing interesting changes you know we we talk about um attending a training um or having a learning um which you know maybe 10 years ago that's not necessarily the the way we would construct those words people now will say they've released a software and as someone who's worked in software and has used software for for ages i know that software is like water you don't have a water um you have a glass of water we have a piece of software and so that's one of those where when i've got my big judgment pants on and i'm feeling all judgy my brain will go right well this obviously doesn't meet you know obviously they have no idea what they're talking about because this person who is quite possibly a content creator uh, or a marketing person doesn't know that for 30 40 50 years we've used this term why don't they know that because it's not important to them (laughs) Because it doesn't matter, and that's that's kind of that's kind of part of where I'm going with this. You will probably know in blogging circles we have a blog. You don't write, you know, if you have a daily blog, you haven't written a blog today. You've written a blog post. Again, it's we're going to talk maybe about hills that we can die on, and I'm not going to die on these hills, but I think I'm still going to occupy them but safe in the knowledge like the last japanese fighter who didn't know the war was over i think i'm just going to i think i'm just going to hold the ground for anyone who wants it i'm certainly not going to fight over it cuz life is way too short and ultimately it it's not only that it doesn't matter i think it is also it can be divisive in its way and we'll we'll get into that as well hopefully um and then the other example in my industry is um podcast and i this this one um I have very limited time for in terms of people really get up in arms about this one and I'm starting to care less and less and less. Um, Certain people want to lock down podcasting to mean a specific thing, which I think is fine. The intent behind it is fine and and honourable. It's about keeping a free and open uh, ecosystem, whereas some people want to call exclusive shows podcasts some people want to call youtube shows podcasts and you know these are shows that can't be uh listened to via an open ecosystem like you know via any podcast app and so people get really upset about that and and i have been one of them i will not exclude myself i've absolutely fought that fought that hill um 
And what's wonderful about not really, yes, I work in that space, but not having to defend it is there are certain things you don't have to care about anymore. And it's quite relieving. So what we're kind of talking about here really is, is shibboleths. These are shibboleths. Um, and in some cases, reverse shibboleth. Well, I've said shibboleth about four times now. So what is a shibboleth for the fifth or sixth time? A shibboleth is a sort of a password or a passphrase. And it's uh, effectively a way of saying you're part of the club. If you can say this word and say it correctly, then you're one of us. And if you can't, then you're not. And you should be ostracised. And this was covered really well in the West Wing. That's because, you know, I have a pop culture brain. Uh, That's how I learned about it. Um, had I done more religious studies, I might have learned about it there. But as it turns out, Jeb Bartlett taught me everything I know. Uh, so there's a link to a video in the show notes, which is a sort of a compilation of the the this sort of plot line. Uh, I think it's a Thanksgiving episode. Um, and so there is this through line, you know, shows often have two or three plots, and this is one of the plots. Um, and uh, so we have Jeb Bartlett going to in uh, going to have a chat with a um an asylum seeker who is claiming persecution uh because he's chinese and he is a christian and he's being uh attacked um i i will freely admit i've seen the series about three times i haven't watched this episode all the way through for a long while but i think that was essentially the the gist and so bartlett wants to have a word um because i'm sure like lots of asylum seekers get invited to the white house it's fine um so he has a word with with one of them um and asks him actually i think he wants him to say shibboleth and they have a conversation and it's a really interesting meta point because Jeb is effectively Jeb Bartlett, um, the president, is effectively testing this guy. He's asking all sorts of faith-based questions, um, sort of, you know, how many saints are there or, or whatever, you know, how what are the twelve apostles' names? And he's the and you know his his interlocutor is saying that's not how you measure faith, and ends up by saying what you know th- this is sort of a shibboleth and uh uh jeb says that's the magic word you know got it got him to say it um and so what i think we have with these powerful words is it can be really powerful and it can be powerful in a subtle way by gatekeeping by 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 sneering and laughing at someone because they use the word wrong might be one of the rubbishiest things that we can do to someone who's new to an industry or maybe isn't new to an industry but is suddenly surrounded by people who are maybe more entrenched in a particular part of that industry you know if i think about someone in marketing for example for a software company and they accidentally i mean you know think of the the, think of the it crowd um i mean that's you know possibly a slightly different thing because this was a senior person and she was a comic character jen who knows nothing about computers um but i think we can imagine it in in any scenario really and you know if i if i go back to that whole thing of a software um if a marketing person wants to make a video in which they say we've made a new software and they suddenly play it to a bunch of it nerds how needlessly cruel is it for IT nerds who can be, you know, sticklers 
to point and say, I think you'll find um, it is a piece of software, not our software. Like, how... It's not just that it's, you know, sort of unkind. It's actually, like, how needlessly unkind is it and how much is it about saying this is our word this is our tribe and that's the kind of thing i i I really just wanted to 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 talk about is we have to find ways to not let it go so much as because no one's disputing that you don't know the quote-unquote right word or the right right way to say it by letting someone else in you don't have to seed ground this is i don't really fully understand the the phrase zero sum game i keep trying to but i don't fully understand it but i think this is the closest thing to it you know they don't win or you don't win by them losing and the other way around both both things can be true you can know the right term again in heavy quotation marks i mean yes i i do believe i'm not a complete language descriptionist i do believe there are correct ways to use our language and incorrect ways and i kind of do not necessarily defend them because i I won't correct i don't correct people um i used to definitely used to but it's not something i do anymore because again like we know everybody loves being corrected um but yes um Lost my train of thought, really. There, found myself in in uh, in various uh, parentheses. Uh, this this happens, you know. This is what we do. Um, but you get my point. We are. That's always that's always a very good get out of jail free card, by the way, isn't it? Is to get lost in a point and then say, "But you get my point." See, I'm teaching you all of my all of my dreadful tricks now. <laughs> um, but we've, we so we've got to let it go. We've got to find a way of saying, like I said, this is not about you having to give up any kind of seed, any kind of ground. It's it's much more. It's it's not about you fighting on a hill. You know, there's no there ha- there don't have to be any hills involved anymore. We don't have to fight on them. We don't have to die on them. We don't have to defend them. We can leave the hills where they are, and we can welcome people into our tribe, into our gang, into whatever, because the the fact that they're using the words at all indicates that they that they're knocking at the door and why do we need to turn those people away there's enough division <laughs> as it is and for many of us like it's not as if our ranks are full and that's not really a thing anyway you know any industry can use more people and i think some of this comes down to very much wanting to defend um, wanting to close ranks to make sure that no one can come in and poison the well or do something wrong or get it wrong or, you know, make us look silly or whatever. Like, it, it all comes from wanting to defend a space. And that kind of assumes bad faith or it kind of assumes incompetence. It kind of assumes that the people coming in don't care. And, I again, I don't really see where the value is in that. So my kind of uh advice such as it is is to kind of find a way of of letting it go really um and that's you know that's that's kind of that's kind of all i have for you um so my question my sort of invitation to you um is to think about what shibboleths you might be holding on to what are the ones that that you still have um and and maybe you don't know them straight off the bat 
right now but maybe as you go around the internet you know this uh, for the, the next couple of days you might find them um and just see when they tweak you and then think oh okay is this could this be someone knocking at the door who wants to come in and i'm you know not not actively turning them away but i'm not really listening because i've decided that they haven't you know knocked with the correct passcode and I, I i'm you know i know you were a nice person i do my best um and so none of us wants to do this intentionally but i do think we can sometimes close ranks because we we know our people and we feel like there's a shared language and a shared code and i would even to be honest i would even argue that whether that is true or, or you know suggest looking at that because there's so much difference so much nuance um is it really worth trying to uh, defend some ground um yeah they no longer have to be the hill that you die on so there you go um if you can't let them go then maybe see if you can grip them a little bit less tightly and with that i will bid you adieu and a very happy thursday i hope you have fun things ahead of you and uh, i thank you for spending uh, the time with me today i hope you've enjoyed this podcast which is a very subtle shibboleth or reverse shibboleth um that one couldn't be less important uh but yes uh listen we'll uh, we'll we'll check in again tomorrow morning but until then have uh, a cracking day and i look forward to speaking to you tomorrow take care (laughs) 